ladies and gentlemen, our wonderful audible viewers with your beautiful ears. Thank you for joining episode number 40 of the Get Around Podcast. That's right, this podcast is middle-aged. We're slowly aging. What are you guys going to oh. do when you reach, like, past human life expectancy? You, you can't make... We're going to celebrate. superhuman. We're going to celebrate. <laughs> be the oldest podcast in comparison to human life. That's the goal. But, you know, after 40, that's where all, the, like, the onset diseases <laughs> start to set in and everything. So we're going to run into some serious issues No, we're, gonna, we're going to age like a fine wine, I okay. promise. Okay, okay, okay. So that's where we're hitting into our prime. Get around and fine wine, what Northern Michigan's known for. <laughs> well, I'm your host today, Brett Summers. You've already heard the voices of Jake Atnip and the one and only, the 9 and 10 wishes they could have him, Harrison Beebe. Didn't for, think you'd go there, but. <laughs> from 7 and 4. Everybody wishes they could have him in different ways. Except the guys in the golf course, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, we have, a, we have a good show lined up for everybody. It, it's summertime. The prep season is over. The academic slash athletic calendar is over. So, yeah, we're going to celebrate a little bit today. We're going to go over briefly, you know, some of the highlights throughout the course of the year, fall, winter, and spring season, albeit in reverse order. We'll start with the wrap-up of the most recent season in the spring. We'll do that. We'll hit the bulletin board, which is pretty Harrison-heavy today. Yeah, uh, I feel like I'm being inspected. He's, 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 hi- he's highlighted on the bulletin board for sure. Uh, a few stories from him. Most of that nothing to do with sports, but <laughs> that's okay. Close enough. It's okay. Yeah. It you is know, summer, so it's, yeah, it's, it's fun sports. Like we can we can deal with it. You got yourself in a little hot water at the Michigan Open at the Grand Traverse Resort tiny, last tiny week. Timed it. You know, you guys keep trying to kill our former host Brendan Queeley out on the golf well, that course. That was for your benefit, so you could be here. Is that why? Yes. Maybe we should have rethought that. All things have a purpose. (laughs) And then, of course, in addition to this podcast being something I'm excited about this week, another thing I'm excited about is Saturday, heading with you and a group of others to Cedar Point in Ohio. Well, Cleveland Indians, Tigers game Saturday, Cedar Point Saturday. Assuming weather permits. Yes, but let's not jinx that in any way. Baseball Coaster Palooza is what we call it. Baseball. It's a good time. I missed out last year, two years ago, was my first trip to Harrison's happy place. As it says on my Twitter bio. <laughs> I, I still believe that these guys are just straight rookies, though. You know, I'm from the Detroit area, and I've been to Cedar Point way too many times. Compared, I could, I'm probably been there as many times as that whole group has been. Well, we'll but for, that for, for what Harrison lacks in the experience of Cedar Point, I bet he can match you in knowledge. Or giddiness, I don't at the think very least. Cares. I don't think anybody really cares that much about the knowledge <laughs> besides me. Yeah, you the could. Sixty-six degree drop. You, you could make this That's entire podcast roller coaster related. Yes, hours and hours of late night research and and YouTube videos riding roller coasters has done Harrison well. That did well. happen. That was how I got myself on the coasters to begin with. Watching those YouTube videos over and over, weaning myself on them. They now have those virtual reality ones. I bet those are pretty sweet. Yeah, just trying a pair of glasses and you're there. Later in the podcast, Traverse City West Sam DeKuyper, a baseball player and quarterback for the Titans, he will join us. Talk a little baseball. We're only seven weeks away from football season, so we'll look ahead a little bit uh, to the fall that is going to approach more quickly than we can imagine. Then we'll get into the Get Around Hall of Fame. We always like to do a retroactive Hall of Fame once a season concludes. Get a few kids in who were certainly deserving, but for whatever reason, it did not happen over the course of the spring. And then we will get into the trifecta, which is a special... It's a special trifecta this week. <laughs> it's a little off keel, but I mean, 
Dep- hey, you got You do these every week. You gotta get creative. Depending on who you are, you might have to focus really hard. You know, if the discussion of puke or vomit, barf makes you all those have things. a bit of a internal reaction. But in case you missed it, Milwaukee Brewers reliever. Adrian Hauser made it through the top of the eighth inning of a 10-9 loss to the Philadelphia Phillies on Sunday, but impressively did so while throwing up twice during the inning. He threw up the first time following his warm-up pitches. He then gave up a hit and got one out before vomiting again, after which he stayed in the game once more, gave up a run, but did finish the inning that's pretty impressive. And uh, Phillies manager Gabe Kapler, he was impressed too. He said, quote, I have a lot of respect for anybody who would step behind the mound and throw up and step back on the mound and pitch. So we're going to talk a little bit about our, well, I wouldn't say favorite <laughs> yeah, I don't know, stories. Our fondest puke memories. But, uh, you know, experiences that we may have had in our athletic careers or perhaps, uh, you know, just personal lives, non-athletics related. We'll see where that goes. Before we devolve into a conversation regarding Jake thinking he's Birdman, (laughs) uh, we're going to jump into the spring season. Uh, Just, you know, a few of the things that really jump out. Elk Rapids soccer, Gaylord St. Mary baseball. You had the track season, Cassidy Henshaw in the high jump and Eric Labonte in the 100 winning state championships, just to name a few. Harrison... What stood out to you most about this spring season? I know you just had a recent trip down to East Lansing to watch the Snowbirds. Maybe maybe that's it. Uh, yeah, the Snowbirds and the Elk Rapids soccer program, you know, another couple of great seasons for them to, to really hype up about. But unfortunately, it kind of ends at the spot that they're all too familiar with in heartbreaking fashion. Gaylord St. Mary losing in their third straight Division Four state semifinal this year to Beale City 7-3. to you know what? It's kind of weird. I talked to Matt Nowicki afterwards, head coach, and you know he's very pleased by what his boys accomplished. But like anybody else, he's trying to solve this Rubik's cube that is getting to the state finals in baseball. The good news is they've got a great shot to to knock on the door again the next few years. A majority of that roster is right now freshmen and sophomores. So those guys are all going to be back. They're going to have the memories of being there. So they're more than willing to, more than capable of doing that same thing again, if not exceeding those expectations. We'll have to see what uh, 2019 and 2020 have in store. You know, with, with the young talent that they have and come, coming back for Galen San Mary and already going three straight years to the semifinal, I mean, they even have some legacy guys who had older brothers and stuff play in the same, mm-hmm. state, same state finals years ago. So there's experience just flowing through the veins um, in, the, in the playoffs at Galen St. Mary. And I think that they will have to get over the hump, but with the team they have, it's almost unquestionable that they'll have to make another deep run. Almost unquestionable. You know, that's the thing. When I talked to Coach Nowicki on Friday after their loss to Beale City, it's nice to think about getting back the next couple of years. You know, he said he has no doubt that his guys that are coming back believe that was not the last time they'll play on Michigan State's baseball field. But you never know. All it takes is one off day, uh, one really hot lineup that you're going up against and it's all it's all over even just a good pitcher right somebody just has a good game against you you never know i mean the the one regular guy the snowbirds lose is drew long and i mean he's been a stud since since eighth grade so albeit a small senior class of two a senior class that was very talented and has meant a lot to these first three trips and anything can happen. They're, you know, they maybe they don't make it back at all over the next two years. I, I have no doubt that they're going to do their best to make sure that doesn't happen. But you can't you can't predict stuff like that. Oh no, we're we're too far away for that. But you know, 
Harrison, you mentioned Elk Rapids soccer falling in the same spot this year. What, what about that? Yeah, uh, Jake, you and I were at that game, the regional final against North Muskegon. Yep, yep. That was it. At, at Cadillac, uh, you know, Elk Rapids is just, you guys kind of mentioned it a week ago on the podcast. They've just been put through the ringer on these regional finals. Brett, you and I were at the uh, shootout loss two years ago at Mount Pleasant. That was and brutal. That that wasn't any fun <laughs> because it looked like they should have won that game. And then last year, I was down at Big Rapids Crossroads when they lost to, I think, Muskegon Catholic. And they had a one nothing lead in that game and, and later lost that one. And then this year, unfortunately for them, North Muskegon just kind of took it from them. It was, what, scoreless? It was scoreless until the 65th minute. Yeah. yeah, there was only 15 minutes left in the game, and they finally put one in. But it just, like, it kind of just deflated the Elks. And, and, I, and I don't want to dwell too much on yeah. that game because I know you guys talked about it a week ago. But, it, you know, Elk Rapids, Gaylord, St. Mary, two great years again to add to the lineage of those programs because they are at the top of their games in northern Michigan for those sports. So unfortunately, they just keep hitting that log jam of those those spots where they want to push through. So hopefully next year, one or both can have that opportunity again. Yeah, and when I talked to Andrea Krakow after that game, the Elk Rapids head coach, they're almost in the same situation as the Gaelic St. Mary base, uh, baseball program is they do have a lot of young talent still to reload on a three straight regional, you know, regional trips. And, you know, they are losing a couple couple big people, but Krakow said that she thinks that these girls are already hungrier than they were when they went into the game because they know they just have to get over this one little hump and then they think the sky's the limit. And you can tell with Drew Ancliffe, the keeper, she's a junior, filmed them right at the pregame of that game, and she was kind of doing this little tribal boxing <laughs> fight around oh, the ring. It. And then they caught me shooting, and, oh, man, they got that on tape. But then I'm like, okay, I don't have to use it. Like, no, no, use it. <laughs> so they're all they're all in on being aggressive and being a rambunctious group, and, and Drew's going to lead them up again next year. Would not be surprised to see them in the regional final again, hopefully farther. Yeah. And like you mentioned, Drew Ancliffe has just been, was just stellar. They're their goalkeeper all year, keeping them in games and just, you know, she brought a lot of the energy. You, you could hear her screaming from the entire other end of the field, and it's like you know that they wanted it. So I can only imagine if they can get over that hump how far they could actually go. Frankfurt softball was our furthest reaching uh, area softball team getting to the quarterfinals. You know, their goal ever since last year losing the regional final to Holton was to beat Holton this year and get through the regionals this the senior class had won four districts leading into this regional this year and this was the first regional they ever captured so that it was a big deal for them they're already thinking with young pieces of their own playing major roles already that that they'll be back again uh, and they don't have to beat themselves up over that coleman loss i was at that game one to nothing that run came late and they had some chances where they might have been able to tie it up and they're and you were at that game too. i was yeah okay i didn't say hi to you you were across the field you had a nice little spot there at the at the coleman fence but yeah they were right in there the whole thing it, it really could have gone either way and coleman ended up making the state finals so if you were going to go down to one team that's certainly not a bad one to have unfortunately had your season end to yeah, it was just a, a case. Each team made one big mistake, mm-hmm. and Frankfurt reached third base and couldn't score, and Coleman scored one run, and, and that, that was the difference, but certainly no, nothing to beat themselves up about. Uh, Thomas Hersey, runner-up in Division Four golf, leading a slew of area golfers to successful seasons. Uh, Frankfurt's Will Newbold, I think, was top 10 in the D4 finals, and then you had Leland Frankfurt, and Hersey's Sutton's Bay team in sixth place in Division Four. You had Trevor City West making it as a team in Division One. I. I think Charlevoix made it in Division Three. So just a really talented field of golfers uh, this spring in a sport that 
maybe doesn't draw as well spectator wise as some of those others but it didn't mean there was any type of lack of talent in, in that sport this spring. You know, no, not at all. I The one big thing I noticed about the golf athletes up here, and especially the top three or four that you mentioned, is the consistency that they played with the entire year. Even having a shortened season, not being able to get out on the course and practice in northern Michigan, you know, with, even when they went and did the TCT off, it was still... 45 degrees and they were they were doing so so much to get those courses in shape and it still didn't really affect any of these guys uh shooting around 70 74 and i know thomas hersey broke the school record with uh with uh, i think it was a low 66 this year mm-hmm. and it just shows you know that these kids from start to finish did the exact same thing the whole year not to bury the lead but we did have three state champions this spring i mentioned henshaw and labonte in the opening in track and field. And then, of course, you had number four singles player from Traverse City St. Francis, Paige Davies, uh, win an individual state title and helping lead the Glads to a second-place finish at state. We'll start with the track and field, guys. I mean, how impressive is two Division One state championships, especially when you consider there haven't been a ton of those in, in boys' track in recent years? Yeah, the 100-meter dash is, uh, in my opinion, the signature event of track and field. And uh, as far as I've heard, there's been nobody north of Midland, Bay City, Mount Pleasant area that's... that's Maybe even Lansing ever, in yeah, Division One. It, it could go pretty far south there that's ever won the Division One uh, track and field 100-meter dash championship. And that's what Eric Labonte did. And he did it all with... He told me last week when I talked to him, changing his footwork for the start out of his out of his block, which you know in a 100-meter dash is 10 seconds, 10.66 seconds. Every millisecond counts. And he went six days before the race, and he and spring coach Jason Morrow altered the way he was going to get out of the block. So he was more than willing to do whatever it took to have that edge, and it worked out for him because you see the pictures, you've seen some of the video. If you haven't, it's pretty cool. He, oh. You can see the smile light up his face when he crosses that 100 knowing he just won that state title. And from what I understand, he even had some changes in the 200 prelims, still trying to get that 100 down, and you know he got it down just at the right time. Cassidy Henshaw, he leaped the second highest high jump in school history for Traverse City Central with a 6'9 jump at the state meet. And that was after he had a couple of misses at, uh, I believe it was 6-7, bounced back from that and still got two inches higher. So kudos to him. That, that was a goal of his all year long. We had him on the get around earlier this spring before the season really had a chance to get ramped up. And, you know, he talked about that. He, he was dealing with some injuries. I think his goal was to hit seven feet on the season. That didn't quite happen. But, you know, maybe if he doesn't get hurt, that might be a reality. But... Uh, Michigan is certainly going to be glad to have him as he goes off to college. Yeah, as a decathlete. So that leaves Paige Davies from St. Francis. Jake, you had a chance to uh, speak with her after that run, just kind of give us a sense of where St. Francis girls tennis is at because I think they're poised for a pretty bright future. Yeah, I think think Traverse City St. Francis tennis is really still on the up and up. I mean, they just finished second as a team in the state finals. They, for the first time in school history, they had points get scored in every single flight during the state finals. And, you know, like you mentioned, Paige Davies, she was at the four singles flight. She went undefeated uh, the entire year, never lost a, never lost a match. And I, throughout the state finals, she never dropped more than two sets. And it was 
really domination for her. And, you know, she didn't, she transferred, didn't get a chance to play last year, and she stepped in here. And when I talked to Coach Paul Bandrowski, he told me, you know, having this these young girls, because Paige Davies is only a sophomore, and they're losing, I believe she, it's four seniors, but they have even more young freshmen who have already started and participated yeah, they, in the state they finals. four freshmen uh, that they didn't even really know about just yeah. came on the scene this year and really helped them. They weren't ranked at the beginning of the year, which yeah. is really weird for St. Francis tennis. And I asked some of the girls when I caught up with them before the state finals like what was that like to start a year without being ranked and like well you know they're just standings they're just you know beat writers putting down who they think are the best teams but then they did really well one of the tournaments i think went neck to neck with uh, mount pleasant sacred heart which i believe were the eventual state champions and and that kind of show oh our bad let's go ahead and slot them back where they've been the past several years near the top of the division four ranking it was indeed a heck of a spring season for local sports, but we will jump into the winter now. Spring was so condensed, it wasn't that long ago that it was winter, so hopefully Harrison and I haven't forgotten. Jake has completely forgotten what happened over the winter. Amnesia. Amnesia, yes. Of we'll, course, we'll catch you up here. Of course he wasn't here yet, so this will be a segment probably dominated by Harrison and myself. You had Glen Lake boys basketball, Buckley boys basketball, both play for state championships. You had Glen Lake girls basketball, Kingsley girls basketball, both reached the final four. And then on top of that, Jacob Ransom finished runner-up at 189 pounds for Traverse City West in the Division I wrestling tournament. Best finish by an individual in school history. And, of course, Traverse City West hockey made its own run to the final four. So it was a pretty impressive uh, winter season, wouldn't you say? Yeah, uh, I mean, the Northwest Conference Basketball League, picture it being, what, 16 teams total for boys and girls, and four of those, a quarter of those boys and girls leagues makes the state semifinals or farther, both being from Glen Lake and one each on the girls and boys' side. So, I, I mean, that's the testament for the entire state is to take note of a conference with uh, a majority Class C Division three schools. Uh, and a couple Division Fours and a, and a handful. Are there any? No, I think they're all threes and fours in the Northwest. So no Kingsley, Kingsley, Kingsley. Kingsley. But uh, you know, a conference like that to to really be from one of the smaller conferences up here and to make its name known on that big stage, something that uh, no doubt the league was really excited to see, and and so was uh, up north basketball fans. Absolutely, and I mean all those teams and players, you know, I think kind of took it upon themselves once they got down to East Lansing or. Uh, in the girls' case, down to Grand Rapids at Calvin College, that you know this was their chance to show uh, downstate teams what they were made of and, and who these kids are from, from northern Michigan because e- almost each and every one of them, to a T, when they had their chance to address the issue at the podium, you know they, they all were very proud of where they were coming from. They were all very proud of what they accomplished. And you know I think the results that they had on the floor – spoke volumes even far beyond those statements that they gave. I've referenced it before, you know, just kind of an incredible thing about everything that's happened spring, winter, and and we'll get into the fall. But when I was getting hired here in 2014, uh, you know, before everything was official and I was just kind of talking to our own James Cook and Chris Dabrowski, who was a, a writer here for a time, you know, it was sort of uh, when I was asking, well, what's the talent level like? How how often are you guys getting to travel, at, you know, at the end of the season and, and cover teams playing for championships? And at least at the time, for whatever reason, you know, they were kind of like, well, it doesn't really happen a whole lot. You know, we're usually uh, down, you know, by the end of, of regionals or, 
even districts, not a lot of teams making it beyond that point. And, you know, I've been blessed to you know, have these teams pick it up since I've been here. You know, I think uh, Brendan Queeley, when he was on the sports desk, felt the same way. And, you know, hopefully they can, hopefully all these area teams and, and kids continue to use these examples and continue to impress and improve and, you know, at some point, hopefully continue to even bring back more state championships. We, we've had a couple. I mean, if there's one thing that I can say in this segment is that I have been thoroughly impressed with the, you know, the caliber of teams and athletes from what I've seen when I was researching the Record Eagle, researching the area when I came up here and even in these spring sports. There's been some stellar athletes out here, and I don't think there's any shortage of talent anywhere in this area. Yeah, we're just as impressive, you know, and you can go far north. People tease the UP athletic abilities, but they're a lot of times they're in the final rounds of sports more than than our area is. So even up in the UP where the populations aren't that big, they're still churning out world-class athletes as well. So, And you mentioned uh, champions and recent championship and finals appearances while you've been here. I think that's a great transition to the fall because since I've been 7-4 and four sports director, it's about five years now. This was the first time a, a team aspect in the football, basketball, baseball you know, level. Obviously, we've seen some uh, teams in, in skiing and whatnot pick up state titles. But Central Lakes football program, that was the first boys' uh, you know, team organized game aspect championship team that I've seen since I've been sports director. I've seen a few girls' teams, uh, but Central Lake was the first guys' team I've seen. So, uh, you know, let's, I guess, go right into the fall if you don't mind me taking over transition duties <laughs> from you. Yeah, hey, that's all right. The uh, Yeah, the Trojans, they, you know, they took advantage of their first year uh, transitioning to eight-player football. And, you know, that's a program that was on life support the year before. Uh, they won one, maybe no games. They in my the year eight before. years covering football up here, they've been in the playoffs, but then you know for as many five hundred, maybe above five hundred years by a game or so, they go right back to two or three wins. And depending on how that Ski Valley Conference was back in the day, San Ignis used to dominate it. But uh, yeah, Central Lake would have hit or miss seasons, and and football was it was a big deal as it is in every community on Friday night, but it wasn't as electric anywhere near as electric as it was this past fall. Yeah, and you know cover. Talking to some of those kids over the course of the season, uh, Brendan was able to cover that championship march through the playoffs. But you know, by the end of it, these kids it was it was a shock to them too. You know, they just they just were hoping with the transition to eight man that they were going to have enough kids to field a team and that they'd get to continue playing the sport that they love to play. None of them expected to win a state championship. And that in itself is unique because how often do you have a championship team win it when their plan wasn't to win it? I think it shows the opportunity that eight-man football is bringing to every school across the state that's worried about enrollment sizes and if they should or shouldn't field a football program, bypass wins or whatnot, forfeit games. We've had issues with other teams throughout the years or actual seasons uh, in the sense of Elk Rapids and Benzie Central a few years back in Sutton's Bay as well. Now you're seeing some of these teams go to eight-man, the ones that were getting pretty small in the Class D area, and Sutton's Bay, they won a playoff. I think Sutton's Bay actually lost to Central Lake in the playoffs. They so did. They, they had did. a remarkable, a nice bounce-back season for the Norsemen, and uh, it's just showing. And you can also see year in and year out the parity in eight-man, which uh, should only get more exciting in the years to come here as we as we get more new faces and new conferences from around our area, getting a chance to do what Central Lake just did. Central Lake, of course, wasn't our only fall champion uh, over the last a- athletic year. Traverse City West Girls Golf won uh, another team title 
uh, with a 626 in Division One, uh, winning by 22 strokes over Brighton. And Annika D picked up another individual state championship as well. That girl, I'm pretty much expecting to see on the LPGA one day, probably, maybe. I mean, she was already she was already qualified as an amateur right. um, in the LPGA that was going on in Michigan, so I would only see her, you know, moving the, further up up the ladder, so. Yeah, earning her card someday. She's committed to Michigan, her younger sister, Ansi. Uh, you know, they are both going to be back for another year, leading West, coming up uh, next season, so we'll certainly hear from them some more as this podcast rolls along a couple of months from now, I'm sure. But, you know, they had an incredible season in terms of the fact that when all of their golfers were available for tournaments, I don't think they lost one. Mm-hmm. You're exactly <laughs> right, yep. And that was, I think they had only lost one, and that's when Annika and Ansi were competing in an event in, like, California at the time. Besides then, they, they'd won every single invitational or tournament they took part in. Then, of course, Traverse City Central and Traverse City West had fine seasons in the Big North. West actually prevented Central from winning its third straight Big North Conference they championship. Took it from them. Yep. Took it from them, uh, won the Patriot game, and then come playoffs, they were both in Division Two. Both had to win an opening round playoff game to ensure a second meeting. Both did so, and then they met at Thoroughby Field in the district final. Which was crazy for us because the year before we thought that was, you know, earth-shattering that they'd even play in the playoffs at home. Well, obviously at home because one would have to be the home team. That was the first round. And then the year after, we're like, well, how can they top that? And then they play for both programs' first district championship in school history since the schools had split back in 97. And uh, that went to Central in the end. So Well, and I had to do a little bit of explaining to a few people. That actually was the first district championship in, in school history, even if you're considering the Traverse City because history going districts. all the way back, because they didn't have districts ah, fun fact. back then uh, when, of course, the Trojans were competing for state championships under At that point, they just, went into, that ju- they just went into regional like semifinals, I'm assuming. Right, correct. So, yeah. Correct. So, yeah, that was... They were district champions by just making the playoffs, <laughs> right? Um, St. Francis, they made it to the semifinals in Division Six. Yep. Uh, they lost to Powerhouse Ithaca, but another fine about. season for the Gladiators... What was that, Jake? I actually saw that game. Oh, you saw that, that that's, game? That was part of my uh, Lansing coverage when you I was and I were both there. Oh, what a beautiful yeah. weather day that was. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had so much fun hiding the camera. I think under the same rain jacket I have here right now. Buckley Soccer made it to the state semifinals. Speaking of bad weather games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah in Cadillac. Uh, much to the chagrin of any opposing coach who you know claims they to be a, not a like soccer the, uh, purist. Buckley play for nobody, shootouts. Nobody liked... Buckley's defensive, physical-style game, and as far as I'm concerned, they just all have to suck it up and be quit being a bunch of whiny babies They didn't break it. the rules. It was fun. They never broke what, the rules. That, I'm not generally a soccer guy. That, and, you know, maybe they'll say, well, see, you're not a soccer guy. You don't understand, but... Are you getting in this World that, Cup, though? I know I am. No, I canceled no. my cable at the beginning of the week, so there's just nothing coming in. Oh. Morning. Did Uruguay do anything yet? Yeah, Uruguay, they won. Or tied. I can't remember. I just Mexico know, beat Germany. I just that was a big win. One nil. Sorry. I, I just know that I have a one dollar something assigned to Uruguay. So, I mean, maybe like a bet on the World Cup and you don't know anything about it. Yeah. Well, uh, it, was it was like, like an inter office like thing where you, like, you put in a dollar. Yeah, and it was a random draw for a team, and I 
I wasn't even going to play, and then they needed someone else to put in a dollar to to, so to empty them. the field. I ended and, up got two. I had Poland and Egypt. And well, Poland split with uh, no wait. I'm thinking of Portugal. They, there's, too, there's too much to keep track. <laughs> I'm not of a here. huge soccer fan, but I'm definitely really excited to be watching now. Seeing as it's, it's a once in four year thing. So but basically, I won't know anything that's going on until and unless. Uruguay wins the World Cup, which probably is <laughs> probably not going to happen. But. Uh, but as far as prep Michigan high school soccer went, I mean, that was, won the that's World the Cup. wheelhouse right that there. That was yeah, that was some that was some of the soccer that I most enjoyed watching. So all those haters out there, they can just uh, well, you know, hey, it worked. You I'll if you're, if you're far, a hater, you know was, what you can go do. It was <laughs> unconventional soccer, but it worked. You guys will have to explain and that. They're to me the one time got to the semifinals. Uh, St. Francis Boys Tennis was third at state. Uh, C.L. Carney was the runner-up Division One cross country, time of seventeen thirty point two, and uh, it's been a pleasure to follow her career. She has just been stellar from from day one, pretty much. I think I actually met her the first time when she was running in a some kind of summer you just, you summer went alongside summer her while running. She was running yeah right you think i could even as an eighth even when she was like in 7th or 8th grade there's no way i could keep up she run the 5k at 1730 is that what that is yeah okay i just wanted to make sure yep cross country is 5k but she is now graduated she'll be going to northwestern so it'll be easy enough to follow along and see what she does oh yeah she'll be i'm sure her name will be plastered all over the place um, and th- and then you know the only sport that didn't really carry teams all the way to those final rounds was volleyball and wait what we always have volleyball teams well, playing in the we final usually four. always have Leland and Leland drew a tough assignment in uh, Rogers City I believe in the regional semi or the regional final and Rogers City ended up making the final four that year right and, and fell short to uh, I, I saw that game Rogers City was very good yeah um, Roger City, I know they're not in your coverage area, but they're in mine. Uh, you want to talk about school of the year candidates? They had a great running girls basketball, and they just made the final four in softball too. So that was a talented group of girls up there in Roger City, which is maybe the explanation as to why Leland missed out on the semifinals for the first time in like half a decade. But I was also, you know, talking about St. Francis. They've they've made runs. They I think they got eliminated the same night as Leland. Um, Cadillac had been or has been strong for mm-hmm. years. They. Uh, their run kind of came to a bit of an end, and so it was just, it was uncommon, at least in my time here, to... Yes, Jake. Sorry. Sorry. Five years, half a decade. It was half a decade. I just... You had, you to, you had, to, you had to pen a note I out did. to him to I show did. him that... No, just to, just to did you think he didn't know half a decade meant five years? No, I, I think, think he just Half a decade confused. sounds better. Half a decade makes it sound longer, more exaggerated. But, but it's it, half. But it doesn't. It's very specific. <laughs> I Anyways, I hope you keep all this in. <laughs> I just... Okay, every time I'm around Jake from now on, it will be five years and not half a decade. Anytime I'm around anybody else on this planet, half a decade or two decades instead of 20 years. Well, a half a half of two decades. Yeah. Oh, that's 10 years. <laughs> Man, this is can math get, class. Can we get any more confusing? Jake, were you not good at math? Oh no, I'm a I'm a word person. I absolutely hate math. They can solve all its own problems. So seriously. that's why you didn't like it. I could do stats because and stuff, he, but he forced you to do basic math in your head, and you just got. I angry. would rather him just list the number instead of using words to make it. But in you'd rather well, I used, list I used it. I used half of ten years. 
But you, you'd, re- you'd <laughs> rather you enlist it well, that because longer you didn't want to do the math. But five years is, is cheaper than half a decade anyways. It's cheaper? Are you I'm purchase- talking about like word-wise. Are we at the bargain can basket you, here? Word-wise. Can you purchase Rollback? five years? How much does it, how much do five years cost? I don't know. Ask ask your mortgage broker. How happy are you, Audible viewers, right now that this is our topic of conversation? <laughs> Sorry, I don't I don't know much well, about the fall season, so all I can do is critique their language. Okay. <laughs> oh, the meter's spiking. The meter's just spiking. Screaming into the microphone. <laughs> yeah, somebody's like lifting weights at the gym right now, just dropping like, God, guys, come on. <laughs> I think it just speaks to the performance level that we've seen from the start of the 2017-18 school year to the end of it, how great these student-athletes have performed because we just filled roughly 30 minutes of content going over just some of the very top highlights. Uh, there's certainly many more deserving athletes, uh, deserving teams that had great years, and I would expect nothing less moving forward. Let it take us to the bulletin board, and I'm going to do my best to keep this segment much shorter than last week uh, like it should be. And uh, it's actually... Why? It, it, it was just too long last time, that's all. Bulletin board, you know, bullet points. It should be quick, a little bit of... Uh, but rap. Brett, you like talking. That's just you. Not as much as Brendan. Oh, wait, I'm and that sorry. Was a long I thought podcast. you were Brendan. Yeah, my mistake. <laughs> but uh, as I mentioned before, as we transition out of the pulse, keep your eyes open on the Sunday editions of the Record Eagle for the upcoming all-region teams. Uh, Now with that bit of information out of the way, Harrison comes up on our bulletin board a couple of times. The Michigan Open was hosted at the Grand Traverse Resort last week, and I heard a story that you may or may not have irritated interfered one of the golfers on the course i was streaking well, at least once on yeah. hole, so. perhaps twice maybe three times no, i think it was just the one it was one step one step off the golf cart I, onto the golf i found cart it path. really funny too jake can back me up because he was there we were watching the leaders putt on like the third day and i remember whispering to him i'm like i don't even want to start my cart right now because they're putting i don't want to give them noise and interrupt them on, on you know i i like it silence when i'm putting and this is a statewide competition so these are the best of the best so i was like i'm just gonna wait till they do the putts and i'm gonna drive the golf carts we go to watch the the second to last group at the next tee and i go to set up behind the guy while he looked like he was just kind of taking some practice swings getting ready to tee off it wasn't but the guy the guy who was swinging wasn't the guy who yelled at harrison (laughs) it was one of the other guys in the group and who turned around it was just like like, whoa whoa, shut up no, he say he's like, whoa, 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 that's enough steps, buddy. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like a guy who's in his mid forties and he called me bro. <laughs> I, I mean, I know who it was. I'm not gonna throw any names out there. I doubt he's listening to this podcast. <laughs> so All right, Tom Workmeister. It was you. Well, he was the golfer. No, it wasn't. It, Tom Workmeister is the one who said it to you. No, Gillis. Gillis, said it. no, Gillis is the one who was golfing. No, no, yeah, you have the other way around. No, because Workmeister was all pissed off. Workmeister was in the black. Yeah, he's the one who said it to you. No, he's the one who was teeing off. Gillis was in the cart who said it to me. Thank you. Gillis in the purple. No. This argument is yeah. riveting. Because no. then I even asked you who's wearing black because that's whose highlight I put in the, in the I, show. I thought you were asking who was wearing black because he's the one who yelled at you. No, I wanted because I put that I put Workmeister in the highlight because <laughs> he had a great on that same hole he had a great approach shot even though I think he had to drop somewhere. Yeah, that was another. I just anyways does that mean you can cut yeah, off? The now there's all kinds of ambiguity. Nobody's. Gonna it doesn't know. matter who said it. Nobody's Harrison was way too loud. Golfer said anything. So if that golfer happens to be listening, your identity is at least. Hey, safe we respect them. They got a level. job to do. They don't want us walking around the shots. I felt I was safe, but I was given the friendly hey hey that's one step too many bro yeah. <laughs> and i said 
Sorry, bro. Planting the feet. I think you just do the hands up like this. You're like, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm gonna innocent. Respond. I'm innocent. Yeah. I'm just like, all right. The blue streak where he's walking onto the Got to Gotta respect the uh, sanctity of the uh, golf course. Harrison Point, number two on the bulletin board. Three on our list, but two on this podcast. Are you guys trying to kill Brendan on the golf course? No, yesterday was fine. Yesterday Sunday, was fine. Sunday was fine. Okay. That was the first round of the year that he didn't potentially almost break a bone or. No, I've golfed with him a lot this year. We've just had some bad. We our carts at mo- Sunday's course. You guys just shouldn't be allowed to drive carts. Were very, they were much more convenient to uh, safe travels, whereas the the ones you'd referenced the previous week, yes, those were very juiced up, and he proceeded to act like a twelve year old kid. Well, same thing. And then James told us that he actually hit Brendan with a golf club in the back oh, of the legs. Oh yeah. So it just seems like there's a lot of violence going on in your round. Yeah, of golf. it seems like there's a, yeah some black cloud Nothing hanging over our yesterday, though, that huh? goes out on Sunday. Uh, I am embarrassing in myself. Uh, in the front nine, I pretty much had the longest drives on every hole and still carded sevens. So that's where my game's at right now. Is I should be knocking on the doors of pars and bogeys, and I card sevens and still lose. Those but iron, I do have the longest drive. Those irons are, aren't are good to you right now. Well, Brendan was uh, knocking the crap out of the ball with a three iron. He didn't even want to use his driver all day. He was he was competing with me for longest drives with a three iron. So that's probably why I beat him. But <laughs> And then point number three, I mentioned the point. We are, the, the, point, point. the point, the cedar point. Harrison and I will be traveling with a group of friends down to Cedar Point on Saturday. Well, Cleveland Indians Detroit Tigers game on Saturday. Saturday. Cedar Saturdays Point. are for the boys and the few girls that are coming with us. <laughs> <laughs> and, and those couple. Cedar Point is on Sunday. Harrison, which roller coaster is your favorite? I just gonna go off reputation and say the new one. Everybody's freaking out Real about it. Ring. You haven't been Steel. on it yet and you're oh, all so you're, right, you're already gonna anoint it? You're just a rookie. You've only been doing this for like four or five years. I for roller coasters, yes. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> for those that you're don't, already know, anointing the new four one. Four years ago, I was terrified about this. Is a PSA for anybody out there who says they can. I meet so many people that say I can't do it. I don't like heights. I can't do roller coasters. It's just not. It's not my thing. I'm not going to do it. That was me for my entire life. I thought, how am I going to have kids and let them go on roller coasters and be the wimp dad? You know, how am I going to be be in all this setup? And finally. I won't name drop who, although they are going on the trip with us. Uh, a girl kind of forced my hands, like, well, I can't look stupid in front of this girl and not impress her. So I was like, okay, we're going to do this trip. I'm going to ride these roller coasters. I was the last one that wanted to go that weekend, and I was the last one that wanted to leave. And so now I'm the one that kind of gets the group all jacked up and ready to go every summer. So I'll just say any real Cedar Point veteran will go all the way back and know that the Millennium Force is the best roller yes, coaster in the world. Yes, of the rides I've been on, Millennium Force. The Millennium for Force sure. is the best roller coaster Although, in the world. Although, top throw dragster, front row. It's only 14 seconds. It's just not enough of a thrill ride for it's me. It's 18 <laughs> seconds. Right, okay, they might, they might have slowed have it down on you been on it, front us. row? Yes. Okay. Just but that's a lot sure. of bugs in your face. You can't open At your night. mouth when you do that. At night. That's that's a rough one. The Millennium Force. Yes. Millennium at one point Force was the tallest. Around. Also, was the tallest roller coaster in the world. Mm-hmm. At one point, but, but you don't see Steel Vengeance. You guys can do a roller coaster podcast. Isn't that why we're here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steel Vengeance has just got this reputation of being. It's called an RMC coaster or something like that. Rocky Mountain coaster. It's well, like they, the new type of coaster going around across the country. They give you inversions without a over the shoulder bar. So technically, you're not upside down long enough to feel, you know, like you need to have that over the shoulder bar. 
I know that sounds is very. If I'm a PR rep, oh, for I understand point, completely. I'm terrible right now. Anyways, uh, I've I've seen the videos. I've seen a lot of fans freak out about it. So I'm really excited to hopefully not wait more than an hour to ride it. Well, you're gonna wait probably two or three, but Sunday nights the lines are a little more flexible. Fast pass. It's not on the fast pass. Oh. It's also the first weekend of quote unquote summer. summer. So well, last weekend would have been really. Isn't the solstice solstice this week? Oh, I thought you meant like schools. Oh no, summer. I'm talking about usually like, schools. School times you got to kind of. Yeah, I'm talking about like actual summertime. With the most daylight. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That would be this weekend. So, but we'll see. You know, this is when it worked out for about twelve or thirteen of us to go, and it's about the group experience, and we'll go from there. If we get really lucky, last year was eighty percent chance of thunderstorms, so nobody went, and, and we walked on every ride, and it didn't rain, and it actually got sunny and beautiful. So. I'm cheering for thunderstorms all day on Sunday. Yeah, I'm pretty bummed to have missed it last year. Two years ago was my first trip to Cedar Point, so this is my return voyage. Very much, <laughs> very much looking forward to it. It's like a Game of it. Thrones, my return I'm, voyage. I'm to sitting the point. here just because I'm from the Detroit area. We used to go to Cedar Point once, twice, three times a year. You guys, but you it's guys not up here. Very far, yeah, it's not very far. Six hours. Oh, right no. Here. Yeah, no, I was only about two hours from Detroit at, I at most. Up, I grew up in central Wisconsin. Yeah. I, been a, a flight. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so, I, you know, you guys, uh, it's okay that I get to go to the wedding. I, I have way more, you know, time spent on that island slash peninsula that me and That's Harrison right. have also had an argument about. Um, that's, that's I think it's an island. Episode, peninsula. episode 41, we're going to spend half a decade talking about Islanders <laughs> Peninsula. Oh, Yes, but um, we'll just leave it there. Cedar Point's definitely an island. Okay, well, we had Traverse City West Sam DeKuyper in the Record Eagle Studios today. He sat down with us to discuss the previous baseball season. Uh, football season is going to be here before we know it. Seven weeks. Seven weeks, and it's going to feel like two and a half uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that and should just have a lot of fun. So let's listen to that interview now. I'd like to welcome in Traverse City West student athlete Sam DeKuyper. Sam, baseball player, football player. Summer is completely packed yeah. by the sounds of it. So thanks for joining us today. Yeah, happy to be here. All right, well, we'll get into the baseball season first. You guys have had a couple of weeks now to sort of digest the season and, and how things went. When you, when you look back on your junior year now, how do, you, how do you describe how the season went? I know it ended a little earlier than you guys had hoped. I probably started a little later than you probably wanted. <laughs> yeah, I definitely so. started a little later. Just practices in the gym. Had to go downstate for games so then we could actually get games in. It just went by fast because everything was compressed. I mean, at one week, one week we played eight games and then a couple others we played six. Yeah. It's a very compressed season, very fast. So what's it like? That, that's not something that many high school athletes get to really experience because stuff usually runs pretty normally. The MHSA has figured out pretty much well how to do things but I think there was there was a state record for game cancellations this year what does it do for a team when you only have really 35 40 days together I mean it just makes you get on the grind you have to grind out the season no matter what is it all the time is all the time what were you guys thinking in the clubhouse I mean you're doing you're taking ground balls in the gym probably yeah maybe running the hallways a little bit I mean, how how hard is that to essentially the weather warms up and you're playing games? How hard is it to flip that switch? I mean, we just got to 
our coach always told us we had to come same intensity in the gym that we would out of the gym outside in our field. So I feel like we did that this season. I mentioned it before. You guys end up ending the season in the districts, bowing out against Traverse City Central. Were you guys surprised the way that went down? Because we talked about it on this podcast a little bit before that even though West was maybe viewed as the favorite, you guys played pretty evenly throughout the course of the regular season. Was that, I mean, how, how did that matchup go down from your uh, point of view? I mean, it's it's a rivalry game. It's always going to be tight. But, I mean, I got to give credit to Sam Schmidt. He pitched a great game against us, great game plan, and they just won the game against us. Yeah, I, I know I talked to you. I, I was actually, I think I was at every one of the Traverse City West, Traverse City Central baseball games you guys played this year, including your postponements and everything. I remember I talked to you after that. And when you guys split those first two games, you, you kind of had that same mentality. You were like, this is just close. It's a rivalry game, and we really just need to come out on top. So was the preparation any different when you went into the districts and you knew you had Central there? I mean, we didn't know we had Central until we won the first yeah. game and they won. So, I mean, it's... You got to take the same approach basically to every game, so then it's even keel through the whole season. You've been within the program now for a couple of years. You know that group uh, that they had a couple years back, led by Keegan Kenny and Gavin Garmhausen and those guys. What did what did you, as an underclassman and and those in your class, what did you guys learn from that group as you guys move forward through your career? I mean, they were a very tight knit group of guys. So if we have the closeness then we will play for each other try to get better and play better for each other now what do you think it's going to be like i know this kind of bleeds into the the forward thinking if we're going to talk about football season and stuff but i think it really correlates between both because you are moving into your senior year you know like he said what what do you think it's going to be like taking on those full-on leadership roles you know being a quarterback you know being on the baseball diamond you know every inning of every game and having to step into the the roles that you've already taken from i mean i was lucky that even though Carson went down my sophomore year, I was lucky to move up and play with all the guys so then I could ease into that role a little easier. So if I didn't have that sophomore year, I don't think I would be where I'm at right now. Let's go back to that, actually. Uh, sophomore year, then starting quarterback Carson Rosa breaks his leg against Central in the Patriot game. You're on the sideline. You know you're you're next up. But, I mean, what's going through your head at that point? Because you certainly weren't expecting to be seeing the field yet. I was I was in the student section, and I was with my buddies, and I was just I was freaking out. I didn't know what I was going to do. So what did you do after that? I mean, just had a coach move me up. Had a um, – well, I had J.P. Pulaski. Right, he filled in yeah. temporarily. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of battled it out, see who would get the starting job. So what, what did it take for you to beat him out? Why, why or how did you beat him out? Grind and practice. I worked, I guess I worked harder, had a good, had a good week, and he didn't, what did Worst say? He didn't perform as well he hoped against in the Cadillac game. So he, and I had a couple of good weeks of practice coming up to that, so he said I'd get my shot against Gaylord. So it was all just about kind of seizing the moment, getting that yeah. opportunity and making the right moves at the right time. Definitely. Now, over the summer, I know we were, we were talking before the interview, you said, uh, you know, since high school baseball's ended, you're already into travel baseball, you're already doing yeah. football workouts three days a week, so obviously you're busy, you're filled up. What does, you know, having that small, quote-unquote, break, but you're still doing travel baseball, when you're, when you're staying active and working out and doing this, what do you think that does for your ability come, you know, fall season, call, come football season? Definitely I won't get a break, so I'll definitely be – 
athletically ready, performance ready, and then I just have to work with the guys, get everything down. We're, we're striving per, for perfection through our plays. Is it ever difficult to for you to sacrifice that time over the summer, or are you still finding time to get some fun in between all the all the baseball and, and lifting in the morning? And are, are you work? I don't know. Are you working a summer job I am too? Working, yeah. Right after football workouts, I got to go out and then work until probably six thirty, seven o'clock. What are you doing? Um, I'm gonna work for my mom's boss at. Um, she owns Cherry Connections. It's a uh, she just owns an orchard out at the peninsula. Okay, cool. So are you having any fun this summer? Definitely. I mean, <laughs> I, baseball is very fun for me, and the group of guys, it's very good group of guys. We have a lot of fun on our off time as well. What's the summer ball team that you're playing for? A Green North. Oh, you are playing for A Green yes. North. Okay. Well, we talked about uh, that team a little bit last week actually on the podcast because uh mike zimmerman stepping down from frankfurt he's been an assistant coach with that program it's kind of reaching almost a ridiculous level of success as far as guys reaching the college level to play baseball i know you've been part of talented teams at west but i mean when you're talking about every single one of your teammates reaching the next level what's it like to play with a group that full of talent i mean you see those guys playing good. You want to play good as well and strive to get to the next level like they did. Is that your goal? You is I mean, is baseball your favorite? Is that baseball is definitely my okay? Favorite. So you'd yeah. you'd like to play college baseball, baseball if you yes. have the opportunity? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, with the the spring season and the fall season, do you like do you like spring baseball or do you like summer baseball better? Not not necessarily high school versus travel or talent wise, but you know, with the way that your schedule goes and backs up against other sports, what do you what do you prefer there? I mean, summer ball, you have that. High school ball is kind of like you get warmed up, so then, like, you get all the kinks out from winter off, and then you get to perform for in front of college coaches during summer ball. But I really don't prefer either one more or the other. Okay. Just okay. a different group of guys. So I don't know how much you look at the numbers over the course of the season or maybe once the season's over you just mentioned using the high school season to to warm up to be full swing no pun intended there heading into the summer but you hit 380 for west this year Uh, you had 37 rbi which led the team as well as 11 doubles also tops for the titans is that sort of where you thought you'd be at this point and and how much better are you i mean i know you're always looking to get better but where do you think you can be even before the summer is up I mean, I have no idea where, where I could be, but, I mean, just depends on how I play, how I feel, how I'm seeing the ball is key on the plate. If you don't see the ball, you can't hit the ball. You know, he makes an interesting point. You actually led your team in a lot of different different categories, and I don't know if you, you led your team in at-bats. Yeah. Um, you play. Lead off got to help that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, but still, I mean, walk, walks and it all makes a difference. Um, you played every game this season. Yeah. Uh, that's only you and who Colin Campbell it looks like. Um, but either way, you know, what part of your game do you think is your strongest asset? And what do you think, you know, you're able to translate onto the baseball field and give the Titans and, you know, a green North a shot at, you know, moving, moving even higher. I think my defense is pretty good. I mean, I'll probably be playing right field for my a green team. Cause we have Danny pass and all from St. Francis on that in center field. But I mean, I have fairly good speed in the outfield, and then my arm is, I believe, is over average. But 
Not for you to determine, I suppose. Not for, my, not for me to determine. <laughs> no. All right. Well, we've talked a lot of baseball. We will. We've talked a little bit of football, but we'll kind of transition there because, as we mentioned earlier in this podcast, we're only seven weeks away from the football season, which. They say that as you get older, time goes faster. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm only in my late 20s, and I already feel like time is moving ridiculously fast. I'll tell you, I don't even think so, there's going to be a summer. Like, yeah. I, I look at it right now. It doesn't even feel like there's going to be a summer. So when I hear football seven weeks away, that basically means that when I wake up tomorrow, you know, people are going to be strapping pads on. How, how looking forward to that are you? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about the season starting, about playing with the group of guys, the new coach that we have. Greg Vaughn, I think it'll be a good season. How much have you gotten to work with Coach Vaughn already to this point? He had um, QB meetings with all the QBs every Thursday of every week at lunch, and then we'd put in plays during zero hour before school. So, I mean, we have quite a bit of the offense in, but still need to bring, put in the kinks. What's his approach with you? Are, is he making you work to get that starting spot back, or do you kind of feel like as long as you everything, continue doing what you're doing, you're the number one guy, or, or where's that at? I mean, everything's a battle. Everything's a competition no matter what. If you don't perform, the next guy's going to step up. So you just got to keep grinding it out. Is there a pressure to that, having been the number one guy last year, or is it, or do you like that? I always think that I, I thrive under pressure. I'm not sure what other people think about that, but I like the pressure. So I was going to ask you, you know, you said you've been working with Coach Vaughn and going through these meetings, you know, how much or how much freedom is he giving, you know, you as a, you know, now senior leader or even, you know, the quarterbacks or the offense in your guys' hands? Is he coming across and saying, hey, this is what I need from you? Or is it, hey, what are you guys looking for out of this Titans season? I feel like both of that. Um, he always, he asked us what our goals are as a team and like continuously what we're gonna what we want to do for the season and then he also goes in specific, specifically with each player what their goals are for the season academically. The whole the whole, the whole, whole So have you been able to like put any plays in or tell him what worked from last year or you um, know has he picked your brain on hey what's going on in the Big North you know what what exactly. You know, do I need? I mean, to he expect? was one of your assistant coaches yes, last yeah. year, so it's not completely I mean, new, right? Yeah. I mean, you, did you know him pretty well, or he, I mean, he, I mean, he was the he was the I want to say O line D line coach. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I worked with him quite a bit, but not to the extent like he it would be now. He probably was just screaming at you to just make sure that his linemen are doing the right yeah. stuff. Yeah. No, I know how those ones work. The offensive line coaches only care about their linemen. <laughs> so. I mean, we've talked about Coach Vaughn, but you mentioned he he is new. So I wanted to ask you one quick question, go back to Tim Moore. I mean, how surprised were you and the rest of the locker room when he stepped down and decided he was going to go to Kingsley? I mean, we were, we were all very surprised because we didn't know what was going to ha- We didn't hear anything about that before, and then that happened. So it kind of hit, hit me hard because he was there watching me go through the program. Did he give you any words of encouragement when, you know, as he left? He definitely encouraged me in the future, told me good luck, hope for the best. So what what are the biggest differences in the amount of time you've gotten to spend with Coach Vaughn? I mean, where are Coach Wu and Coach Vaughn different? Coaching styles different, just how you take the approach to make players learn things. Now, I wanted to ask, you know, being – 
you know, the quarterback last year, and like you said, you know, it's a competition, but you know, it's it's not very often, you know, that a sophomore gets a chance to take over a varsity football team. So, how much do you think? I know, I know, you mentioned with the guys and all the time you've had with them, but how much do you think the actual playing time, you know, at at TC West? You know, as a starting quarterback, has really honed your skills, not even just on the football field, but even on the baseball field. You know, I was just looking at your pitching stats. You obviously got an arm on you, like you said. When you think, you think one of your strengths is probably your arm. But you know, what what do you think that actual time has done for you as an athlete? I mean, it definitely put pressure on me, helped me perform under pressure. And I mean, my first start in our football was my sophomore year was homecoming. So <laughs> the biggest game of the year. Yeah. So, I mean, just had to grow up fast. Well, with that, we are going to jump into the wheelhouse. Jake has devised this little exercise of five questions, generally of a fun nature. I haven't seen the questions, but Jake... Neither has Sam. I gave him a little hint on one of them just so he didn't get too scared on thinking I was going to ask him some crazy stuff. Yes, but Jake is going to throw these questions at Sam, a little bit of a rapid fire, just kind of go with your gut instinct or what pops into your head first. We may ask you for a little bit of an explanation, but you don't necessarily have to give one if we don't. So uh, with that, Jake, go ahead. And welcome to the wheelhouse, Sam. No. Uh, so I already told you this one, so we'll lead off here. If you could choose one superpower or be one superhero as an athlete, which superpower would you use? I'd say speed. Definitely That's, speed. So like the flash? Yeah. Okay, see? That's my man's right there. We did a we did a segment where we actually were envisioning, you know, if you were picking number one in a draft and could choose a superhero, who would you take? And that's the flash. Yeah, I think took. I think he's a superior athlete in any any sport whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I saw you had sixteen stolen bases this year in baseball. How would you describe the level of speed you have? I'd say I'd but a little above average. So not quite Eric Labonte speed? No, definitely not <laughs> no. Eric Labonte speed. But, I mean, it's not very close to that, but it's it's clo- it's up there. Now, right. Kind of rolling with that because it's something that you might use in your game. What type of quarterbacking style or what quarterback from, you know, professionals or, you know, even somebody if they played in college, have do you try to emulate or what type of game style do you see yourself fitting into? To emulate, I always, I always like Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he can just throw on the run, and usually I've always had to throw on the run just the, throughout the play, always had to roll out, so had that precision on the run. Now, this is, this is kind of a hard question, but I do want to ask it, because I know the first time that I met you, I put the Kuiper, and there's, there's a liquor brand with the Kuiper all spelled differently. Oh, I didn't even yeah, know that. Yeah, <laughs> um, but, but there is, and I thought uh, with names, if, if you got to choose your name when you were born, what would it be and why? I told them this was a really hard question. I know it's, it's tough. It's tough, but some people, some people, some people might get it. I, I was telling him like, if you wanted to be like Thor, something you could Thor Stonewall, you know, <laughs> or Stonewall Jackson, you know, something like that. Like, even if like, even if you got to choose your nickname, you know, if you were like a boxer or something like that, you could think about it that way. I mean, I don't know. I think my parents did well naming me Samuel, Sh- Sam for short. So 
I think that, I think that fits me. That was, yeah. he, that was the that was the right card to play right there, Jake. I figure as much. <laughs> you I try to throw much. him off with that one. But. No, I try. I try. No, I, I always think the same way. I think the thing is, after a while, you just become so comfortable with your own name. Yeah. You would never be able to see yourself as somebody else, unless, of course, you at the very beginning saw yourself as somebody else, yeah. and that's when you would know this is the name that I wanted. But I I, I think I could think of a few different ones, just because I had so many Jakes in my life. I love my name personally, Jake Atnip. So succinct, so perfect. You know, no okay. no big deal. So what would be at the top of your list, real quick? For mine, yeah. Oh, it would definitely be something like completely off kilter. Like I would name myself like Bubbles or some shit like that. <laughs> it would be completely. It would be completely off the wall. Just because I would want it to be. It, it, it wouldn't be something that was like spelled all weird. Where it was like freedom with like a Y or something like that. I would want it to be something that nobody else had ever seen before. That an actual name. You know, oh, it's it's Bubbles Johnson. Well, what's his real name? Steven. No, that's Bubbles. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, this might not be the top of the list, but um, these are these questions aren't for me. They're for Sam. Yeah. Okay. I just had to check because you said you had a few. <laughs> so, here's a good one. What would you consider the worst song of all time? Or just the one that annoys the yeah, heck, heck out of heck you on the radio you. right now? I mean. I don't really listen to a whole lot of music, so, but, ah, all time, I'd say, what's it called? Call Me Maybe. Okay. I just, (laughs) Carly Rae Jepsen. (laughs) Yeah, mine would probably be uh, Justin Bieber's Baby. Oh, I listened, my sister was a big Bieber fan, listened to that all time in the car. I, like, know that song by heart. Well, he only says the word baby, (laughs) I'm pretty sure I can't handle it, but there's plenty of songs. Last question for you, Sam. Um, if you were forced to only watch one movie or television show the rest of your life and you couldn't watch anything else, what would it be? I'd go with a television show. I've watched this already like five times through. It's called Psych. It's okay. about a psychic detective yeah, I've heard. with his little with his friend. Yeah. Why do you recommend it? What do you like no, about it's, it? It's just a really funny comedy. Comedy, I think, is crime solving, which I kind I like to watch. Just, Comedy, crime. Mix it all in. All right, fair enough. I'm probably like a Talladega Nights type of guy. I think I could watch that movie. I I have seen that movie over 100 times, and I can still watch it every time. There are a few lines I like from that movie, but it's one of Will Ferrell's movies that I don't really enjoy Uh, all that much. uh, I just, I don't know, I can't. We can fight about that yeah. one because Talladega Nights. We can, like, yeah, we can fight about that another time. Yeah, but we'll let Sam get out of here. Yeah, that that wraps up uh, our chat with Trevor City West, Sam DeKuyper. Sam, again, we really appreciate you dropping by the office today, and uh, good luck with the rest of that busy summer you've got ahead of you. Right. Yeah, try to have some fun. I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> Another big thank you to Trevor City West, Sam DeKuyper. We really enjoyed having him in the studio, and we look forward to whoever our guest may be next week. I also enjoy the outro songs you play for the uh, guests every week. It's a good song. You can big fan. You can thank Brendan Queeley. Do you know who the artist is? I think it's it's three numerals. Yep. Uh, is it like one one three? You're very close. <laughs> very close. Three eleven. Yeah, that, that that's it. what it is. Okay, yeah, it's a pretty good band if you want to check them out. Well, we're gonna jump into the Get Around Hall of Fame, and as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, when the seasons come to an end, we like to have a little bit of a retroactive moment where we bring in some names who didn't make it during the season, but probably should have been. Uh, but real quick, I'll run through who our inductees of the Hall of Fame were during the spring season in ascending order. We started off. 
with Hannah Smith, Traverse City West distance runner in episode 32. Kalkaska softball player Mackenzie Wilkinson in episode 33. Nobody's ever supposed to get in the Get Around Hall of Fame twice, but Lexi Nepoth did in a previous season, and Eric Labonte did now as well. You guys screwed that up twice now? Yeah, we've now screwed it up twice. You've got put them on the board here? <laughs> we should do that. We're, we're going to start keeping a formal list here uh, pretty soon. But Eric Labonte got in, in in episode number 34 and number 37, That's the sprinter from Trevor City West. He did win, win a Yeah, in the same year? The same the season. season? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Lexi Nepoth was the other who did that. But, you know, he did win a state championship in sprinting, so... And we mentioned how surprising that was, so we thought he definitely was deserving after the fact. We won't hate on it for too long. You guys should get him on the podcast. We're, we're trying. <laughs> Benzie Central's Lauren Ross in softball, episode 35. Gaylord St. Mary's Drew Long in episode number 36. Traverse City Central's Cassidy Henshaw and Kingsley's Brittany Bowman both made it in track alongside Labonte in episode 37. Boyne City's Jacob Egger and Anna Harmeling and Manton Zach Flint all made it for state championships in track and field in episode 38. And Frankfurt softball's Haley Myers made it last week in episode 39. So each of us is going to put one name forth, all three in this class. There will be no vote. We'll be inducted into the latest class of the Get Around Hall of Fame. I am going to start with someone that we have mentioned in this podcast, Traverse City Central runner C.L. Carney, who finished third in the 1600 at the state track and field finals in Division One. You know, as I mentioned before, stellar career, incredible runner, and certainly deserving of being in. Jake, who do you have this time around? And, you know, we, I've, I've been so high on this player all year. You know, I took her first in my fa- fantasy softball draft, and, you know, after we looked back at the list, I was almost surprised that we didn't put her in the Hall of Fame at some point. She had two perfect games, three no-hitters this year. I think I blocked you one week when I was it, in. It I might have been. Lauren Ross in. But yeah, she, might have she been. was up. I know I put her up it. before, but now that now that we don't have to vote on it, and I believe she's very, 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 very deserving. Olivia Tomaszewski, uh, you know, that she was, the, I think, the best pitcher in the area, so I be, she definitely deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and one girl that I'm also kind of surprised, I'm sure she was a nominee at some point, if I, if I memory escapes me, but uh, Elk Rapids' Nikki Hayes, every time I caught Elk Rapids' highlights, she usually got 70% of their goals, if not more, and she went over 100 for her career as she just wrapped up. So uh, Nikki, definitely one of the best soccer players in our area and a worthy inductee into the Hall of Fame here at the Get Around. Yeah, the thing about Nikki Hayes, I don't think she ended up becoming Elk Rapids' all-time leading scorer. And you can blame that on the weather. I don't know how many games Elk Rapids had canceled, but I'm pretty sure that I think the record is 109. I'm pretty sure she would have broken that if not for the crazy long-lasting winter that we had. some like, shortened games they played, too. So, and Elk yeah. Rapids is just year in and year out a great soccer program. Oh, yeah, we, so we didn't really get in as deep as we could into them but you know, earlier in the podcast, but... I mean, they're reloading too. I talk when I talk to Andrea Krakow, like they're so excited to have everybody back. They they've done three straight regionals, and they're just looking, like we said, just yeah. to get over that hump. Gonna see who the next Nikki Hayes is now in in two years, and we're gonna put them in the Hall of Fame. Well, that brings us to our favorite segment, our last segment. We hope you're still with us. Our vomit-inducing segment. Our vomit. Well, I hope it doesn't induce vomit. I mean, we're gonna talk about it, but hopefully that's not. Just by thinking about it, man, it's a mental thing. Some I know. It, I know just, that is with they some immediately people. Immediately click pause. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I, I gave the story earlier about the Milwaukee Brewers relieving pitcher who threw up twice over an inning of work over the weekend. But we will get into instances of our own 
Jake, I'll let you start. I honestly, I've I've always had a pretty solid stomach on me running and everything, but I was never a distance runner or anything. But there was one time I puked during football practice doing Green Bay's, which was just god awful. They make you do 10 100 yard sprints, nine ninety yard sprints, eight eighty yard sprints. You go back and then it's you got to do in Green reverse. Bay's. Yeah, they call them Green Bay's. That's what in we call them. Brett Favre. Probably not, Vince Lombardi. Yeah, it's from Vince Lombardi's <laughs> practice regimen. So but, suicides, like. But on a football field of hundred yards, we're not talking no basketball, basketball. court. Basketball. Yeah. Well, not quite suicides. No, you, you because do. suicides, you'd go like to the five and back, then the ten and back, then the fifteen and back. And you did but the in this, no, you'd go 100 ten hundred yard sprints. So you go a hundred, a hundred. And yeah. then you do nine nineties and then eight eighties, seven seventies. But my, I mean, I mean just they my both suck. But yeah. <laughs> my, I mean, but my <laughs> my. I'm pretty sure I have a workout that tops that, but. My favorite. I won't bring it I mean, down. that's like an hour. That's like an hour's worth of sprinting, which is wild. That's that's a conditioning aspect. But oh, I, I guarantee you weren't sprinting. My favorite. Uh, <laughs> my favorite. My favorite uh, puke slash vomit instance is in the replacements, the movie, the football movie, where they're all standing in the huddle in like their first or second game. The guy gets all nervous. Yeah, Shane Falco gives a play. He pukes all over the place, and they the first. It's the first instance of teamwork that they show in the entire movie they all huddle up they grab the huddle, huddle. and they shuffle the huddle down everybody goes what is going on and then of course the referee steps in the puke in the middle of the play so it's just something that's funny because i guess i don't puke very often hey good for you that's that's a, that's a good way to live life uh i'm gonna go a personal story my track season sophomore year i ran at traverse city central uh, i was in the regional in the two mile and uh somewhat optimistic hopes to, to qualify for states that didn't end up happening but uh, I really kind of wanted to get down there in time I was running about 10 20 before that I really wanted to get around 10 minutes flat or sub that if I could and I made the mistake of buying you know they when you go to gas stations and they sell those bulk bags well, of candy. I already know you made a mistake by going to a, a gas station yeah. <laughs> it's the team's <laughs> bus route so anyways I, I made the choice to get one of those bulk bag of gummy worms for some reason it was a Friday so maybe I was thinking oh, I'll just have a couple now and eat the rest on the way home or something no i ate the whole bag before we got to the meat <laughs> you know gummy worms are addictive oh yeah sour so, go, yeah. and what's also worse is the two miles at the end of the track meet and it's a regional meet where there's preliminaries and all that so it's about a six hour wait until my event so i'm kind of just hanging out and before long i noticed like i i'm not gonna be able to do this i can't like i just induced way too much amount of sugar ingested so uh I'm, I'm gonna have to. I felt bad, but I just was not myself. I was very dizzy, very. And it was 100% my fault. But I told my coaches, my parents, I'm like, hey, sorry, you made this trip down here. I I can't race. I'm not gonna do it. But then as we got closer to race time, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. What's the worst that could happen? You throw up. I did not throw up during the race. I did the race. I ran in 10:06, which is my fastest two mile of all time. My best track race I ever had. Super proud of myself. Hugged my mom afterwards. Went on my cool down right when I started my cool down. All over the parking lot of Bay City or Midland, <laughs> wherever the regional was that year, but littered with my puke. So, do from you, that is there any mile. correlation between the sugar rush and the 1006? I know you said you didn't feel so good, but do you think? I also uh, think I finished top five at a meet where I had Burger King the night before, and they always say, like, don't eat fast food and stuff like that. So, I, I was always wanting to give it a try <laughs> if there was a junk food. That would in any way maybe give me an advantage that others thought would be a disadvantage. But so. as, t- as time has shown, you thrive on junk food. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately I do. Maybe that was the start <laughs> of it all. Your body had to break down those processes. No, that's, that's episode 42 for the podcast. And I, don't, I, mean, I, I don't know what problems. it is about your Yeah, once we start getting to the middle-aged diseases and everything starts onsetting the, the podcast. The does happen. It doesn't always have to be for something bad. Well, I was really hoping Harrison was going to take a trip down memory lane in terms of Cedar Point and avoid the athletic puking. 
You can ask him about that story some other time if you feel so inclined. Do not have a few adult beverages the night before you go to Cedar Point. <laughs> I guess do, we'll see do how Do not goes. do that. Oh, it will be very protected this, weekend? this time around, I as mean, it was last year. You're not you're the year going before. to the, the, the Tigers game Strawberry the Strawberry Maritas. What were those called? Stra- uh, Strawberries. Strawberries. Strawberries in those little Ugh. stupid cans That's in TJ's trunk. That's TJ's yeah. fault. Yeah, sugar again. It's all, the alcohol. It's all TJ's fault. Yeah. Yeah, Love Harrison had a good day at the roller coaster park. Once I got some Advil, yeah. <laughs> I don't actually have as probably an interesting story as either of those. I've only worked to the point of vomiting one time uh, during football practice. I, I can't even think of what it's called, but the uh, you know the the high stepping drill through the ropes. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was just like doing that over and over and over and over again, and I don't know if it was the up down motion of it or what the deal was, but. You know, of course, coach is always telling you, you just, if you work to you puke, that means... Oh, you're doing something right. You did right. something right, right. yeah. Oh, okay. And, uh, That's some of their goals. Yeah, so, I, you know, I still have that mantra stuck in my head that if you start feeling a little queasy, you just keep going because that's what you're supposed to feel. Like. There was one time I, I don't got know if a there's concussion. anything truth behind that. <laughs> no, but I don't that's think what so. I go by. One time there was, I, one time I got a concussion in football and I puked on the sidelines after that. They were like, it's time for you to go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that, we that, didn't that, think that was in like seventh or, seventh or eighth grade. And they were like, it's time for you to go, buddy. It was like, okay, okay. I remember that. Well, I don't really remember that, but that totally <laughs> happened. <laughs> Another sign of a concussion. Yeah, <laughs> memory loss. What's next? Well, I'm excited this week because I don't have to somehow try to throw in a Harrison BB from seven and four reference because he was here the That's whole right. time. The whole t- you have to get a whole week off, I, I, and you'll uh, probably talk about the trip for half the episode next week. So that covers you next week. That, that's true. Uh, so thank you to listening to episode number 40 of the Get Around Podcast. Again, I'd like to thank our guest, Sam DeKuyper from Traverse City West, joining us in studio. He is Jake Atnip. He is 7 and 4's Harrison Beebe. I am Brett Summers. Thank you for listening. <laughs>